as I leaned into the scripture for this morning, John 6:35, it says this. It talks about Jesus being the bread of life. Being the bread of life. And we're talking this morning about come who are hungry. Come who are hungry. Not just physically hungry, though clearly some of you are definitely physically hungry. You're like, yes, chocolate, chips. But spiritually hungry. It's talking about come all who are hungry. And so as I started preparing, and this is why I need the chocolate, guys. Seriously, God took me on this whole journey preparing me to prepare. Not even like preparing for today, but just preparing me to prepare. He took me on this journey. And so first of all, he was like, okay, Ingrid, I want you to fast and pray. I was like, okay. The irony, right? Come who are hungry. Now I'm going to fast and pray. So as I fasted and prayed... I could see how much I was longing for those quick fixes, those sweet indulgences, the comforts that, that my flesh wanted. You know, each, time, each day I'd have a moment where I'd have to choose not to go into this and choose what sustains, what sustains versus what just comforts. Right? Yeah. This sustains, this just comforts comes and goes. So then as I'm asking the Holy Spirit, lead me how you want me to share, he then starts pointing out in me the state of my own heart. So we're leaning into a scripture where John, in John 6 where God is talking to a group of people. Jesus is there. He's talking to a group of people who wanted what Jesus could give more than they wanted him. And the question the Holy Spirit started asking me was, are you here for me? Or are you here for a sermon? Do you want to meet with me or are you here on a mission to get something from me? Oof, I did not like hearing that because absolutely, I was there for something. I was like, okay, God, I got something to do. I need you to provide it. And then I was like, okay, okay, pen, paper, ready? I was ready, and he was like, well, first we're going to do this together, and you're just going to seek me. And I was like, oh, man. And you know, as you lean into these things, the waiting is hard. The waiting is hard. Waiting is a discipline. Looking for him first is a discipline. Allowing him to give me what I need on his timing is a discipline. And you would think that this far into my journey with God, I've been a Christian for a long time, I would have this down pat. I don't know how many millions of times he's been like, Ingrid, wait. And I'm like, okay. He teaches me. Then I get to something else. He's like, Ingrid, wait. And I'm like, okay. And he teaches me. Oh, but I just get this. But the more comfortable we become in God, often the more we bypass the being with him and go to doing things for him, don't we? You know, at first we're like, oh, God, I just can't wait to be with you. I just... You know, and after moments like this, we're like, I can't wait to be with you. And then we're like, I got to do stuff. I got to go do stuff for God. You know, we fall into this. And it's not a new, it's not a new trap. Let's look at a story some of you may be familiar with where this is exactly what is playing out. Let's read Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted with preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed, just one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Wow. Martha's upset. She came looking to Jesus for something. She had much on her mind, agitated, anxious, and she felt rightly so. She was like, I am justified to ask for this. She was looking for something, and she was like, I'm looking after all you people. Come on, tell her to come help me. How many of us can relate to Martha? Right? God, I need something, and I am justified in my need. Come on, give this to me. And as I continued to wait on God for today, God gave me a picture that kind of aligned with this. A picture where I was literally surrounded. It was this little circle of piles and piles of stuff. Papers. I hate paperwork, guys. I hate paperwork. I hate it. Piles of it. I couldn't, I couldn't see past it. The circle was probably just big enough for me to walk around. Piles of need. And I'm like sitting there and muttering to myself about all the things, staring at my hands, anxious, fraught with anxiety, clearly weighed down with this stuff, restless, full of anxiety, just like Martha. How many of you can relate to this? It feels like piles of need around you. You can't see the road past it. Need, need for healing. Need to meet something. Need to stop doing something. Need for help. Need to find. Need to be. Need to feel. Need not to feel. Need, need, need. Doesn't it feel like there's always a need right here? A need that we cannot get beyond. And you know, in the need, we ache for a solution. A solution. This is our solution, right? Thank you for giving me comfort. We ache for the solution, you know, and we go to those things that make us feel comforted. We quickly, like, grab some spiritual and physical food and run out the door to go deal with our need. But that doesn't sustain, does it? Our chocolate and our quick scripture is gone before we know it. We're on a crash. But instead... Instead of going out, barely having enough energy and then going on adrenaline, just pressing through the day and hoping to make it to the end, not feeling overflowing and ready to serve and love those who you come to, God is calling us to something different. Because then in the story we see Mary, right? And then in my head, after seeing this picture, I saw a picture of me sitting at Jesus' feet just like Mary. And I was satisfied, and I was still. I was still on the inside. My mind, it was at rest. How many of you barely ever feel like your mind is at rest? It's full of the raging needs. Pay attention to me, pay attention to me. It was so sweet, and this, this is where I want to live. 
This is where I want to live, at Jesus' feet, listening to him, right beside him, being sustained. I don't want a quick fix and run out the door and go on adrenaline and feel like I'm going to die the next morning because I'm so burnt. I want to be sustained. I want to be at peace, and I hope you do too. But is this even sustainable? Is sitting at Jesus' feet like, can we do this all day? You know, as much as we may want to tuck ourselves away with our blanket in the fire and be like, oh, Jesus, I'll just stay here forever. Is this sustainable? Jesus actually says it is. If you read in Matthew 6, 25 to 35, therefore, or, 24, or 25 to 34, sorry, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Interesting that we heard this verse already today. Take note. <laughs> Take note, everyone. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Though some of us may beg to differ. Look at the bird of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field, they do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not, be much, sorry, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Listen to this, please. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. We know that, don't we? So what are you seeking? Are you seeking Jesus first? Or are you seeking healing and comfort, freedom, things, marriage, relationships, needs, money, whatever, first? Things that are not bad to talk to God about and ask God for. What is consuming your thoughts? What is driving you? Is it him or is it these things? We have so much in our day-to-day -day lives that we need. But in the end, God is what we need. Things come and go. Things come and go. And Jesus pushes into this with a crowd at Capernaum in John 6. So here is where this whole message came from. This chunk of scripture. Because as we heard yesterday, interestingly, and I want you to know, those of us who are sharing today didn't all like collaborate. You are going to see a thread. I was listening to Lori like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Am I going to have a sermon to preach? So, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But as I leaned into the scripture, Jesus had fed the 5,000 the day before. They'd all come and were listening to him. He gave them all this word. He did this miraculous feeding. He fed them all with, you know, just a few loaves and a few fish. And so they went home, they all kind of rested. The disciples went over uh, the water and, and Jesus had disappeared. And so they're looking for Jesus, the people who he had fed earlier the, the day before. They were looking for Jesus. So we're going to read in John 6, 25 to 35, his interaction with them. 
When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, how did you get here? When did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For him, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What, what must we do to do the works of, that God requires? Jesus answered, Please listen. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give us? He just fed 5,000 people. <laughs> what the? Anyways, what sign will you give us that we may see it and believe you? Come on. Well, we're so the same, right? How many times has God showed up in our life and we're like, God, show me a sign that you're faithful. And he's like, do you not remember all the things I've just done? Seriously. Anyways, uh, where was I? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I and the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. The people came seeking Jesus the next day, asking for more bread. And he said to him, them, first of all, he, he, they were like, come on, Moses, or come on, Jesus, Moses provided bread in the wilderness. Give us more bread. They weren't really looking for him. They wanted the bread. They didn't care about him. They just, they just wanted what he could give them. That's it. Because he gave signs, and they weren't like, oh, we'll follow you wherever you go. We'll do whatever you ask. They were like, hey, can we have some bread, please? Like, we're hungry. You know? And Jesus went on to tell them that he is the bread of life and that this is eternal. In other words, what he has to offer what we have by seeking in him first is eternal. It's eternal. Won't be here in a moment and gone. He clearly told them that what they were seeking for in was temporal. They were seeking gifts rather than the giver. They wanted to push past Jesus to what he could give. And I think it's something we need to take heed. Are we pushing past Jesus just looking for what he can give with our hand out? We need to reflect and ask ourselves, are we seeking the temporal, immediate gratification over eternal? Jesus is eternal, and seeking his kingdom is eternal. And seeking anything outside of that to satisfy us, it's temporal. It'll come and go. They'll come and go. Our body, it'll come and go. Our needs, new ones tomorrow. So Jesus is calling us to come to him and that he will satisfy. He is the bread of life. That our temporal needs being met, this won't satisfy us. For tomorrow we will have another need asking for our attention. Now seeking Jesus, this takes discipline, guys, much like what God was taking me on a journey, right? It took discipline. Our nature is very easily distracted. I don't know if you've seen this in your own life. 
You got to sit down. Okay, I'm here for you, God. Oh, but just a second. Oh, mom. Oh, you know, like we're, we're very easily distracted. And you can see this in the story where Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments. And you can read it in Exodus 32. Moses goes up the mountain on behalf of the people of God. And they're all down there waiting. And they just had had an experience where they were like, God is so powerful, Moses. Don't let him say anything to us. You speak on his behalf. So they have had encounters with God. It's not like they're missing this. So he goes up the mountain. And he was there longer than they anticipated. He's seeking God. And they became impatient and lost sight of what God had done. I mean, they just literally months ago came out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He sent all the plagues. He's done all sorts of things. And they're like, hmm, Moses is taking a really long time. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to do something else. And so they got restless in the waiting, and they put something in God's place, something familiar. They built something familiar. They came out of Egypt where idolatry was everywhere. So they built an idol. And they said, this is who led us out of Egypt, clearly. Clearly. This golden calf here led us out of Egypt. And they started worshiping it. And we can do the same thing when it takes too long for God to show up in our minds. And the irony is, is that what Moses was getting on the mountain was the very thing they were waiting for and looking for. How to live together, how to live in God's presence, how to make it through the wilderness. And they got impatient, and Moses was getting all the instructions. And he came down the mountain, he was furious. He was like, seriously, guys. And we often do this, we often choose a fake. A fake, because we think God is taking too long to give us what we want. But he will give us what we need in the time that we need it. And to put comfort in the place of God, something familiar, is just us saying, God, where's my bread? Give me my bread. I want my bread. And he's asking us to trust him. He had perfect instructions for them. Perfect of how to live in his presence. And they just wanted it now. When we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, when we seek him first over results, over, over the things we're praying for, the end result that we think we need, we get strength to wait there is rest in our earthly circumstances rather than the restlessness. There is a space where we can have peace and the circumstances no longer tell us who we need to be or how we need to live or whether we can wait on God. No, God's character tells us we can wait on God. God's faithfulness, who he is, his goodness, tells us that we can wait on God, not experiences with God, not passing moments, not answered prayers. These things encourage us. They give us a high. They give us an understanding of who God is, but they will not sustain you. This moment here, it won't sustain you guys. This is a moment with God where he will infuse things into you that you need to go down and put into practice and trust him with and put into your daily life and lean into God and let him be your daily bread. Don't let this be this. Truly. Don't let this moment here be a passing little bite of chocolate that you go running through your life hoping it's going to sustain you. Because this is daily. This is what will keep you going. 
going to Jesus day after day and sitting at his feet and living in that space of communion with him. But it's discipline, guys. It's not, it's not a healing because tomorrow, you know, our bodies break down eventually. One day you're going to be asking for another healing and another and another. It's living in his presence. We must bring our needs as an offering to God. I'm not saying don't ask for needs. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 4, 4-7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We bring our needs to God as an offering. It's something we take there and we leave it there. We bring the requested outcomes as an offering. We bring it there and we leave it there and we trust him. We trust him because he is good and he's always good. He's faithful and he's always faithful. He will always show up with what you need when you need it. Look at this verse. It says, present your requests to the Lord. Give them to him. Give them to him. If you take them back, you haven't given them. You haven't presented them. You said, hey, God, just note, like, I got this thing. Okay? And you take it with you, and you haven't given it to him at all. He's asking us to live in a space where we give all these things to him and then focus on him and let him sustain us. Whether we're in pain, whether life here on earth is hard, we're focused on eternity. We're focused on this bread of life that gives us the strength that we need to navigate what we need when we need it, like Lori was talking about. If you're walking with a limp, to God be the glory. Because Jesus sustains you in the midst of the limp. And eternity is coming and you will no longer have a limp. Here on earth is short. Let's live for Jesus here on earth. No matter the limp. No matter the storm. And how do we have peace? It starts with praise. We give him our request as an offering, and we're left with peace because we're not carrying it anymore. Not only are we not carrying the need as like a burden, we're not carrying the God, you better do this as a burden. It's a burden, guys. It's a burden to carry this list of like, God, you're not showing up. Why are you not showing up? I don't see your faithfulness, but if you look back, if you look back, you can see it. If you look in the Word, you can see it. If you look at the clean air and the fresh water we can drink, the, the earth God created, the sisters you have around us, you can see it. Look at King David. He was called a man after God's own heart. Why? Why was he called a man after God's own heart? It's not because he was perfect. He was far from perfect. But if you read through the Psalms, he brings every burden, every struggle. He brings these things to God. King David, he, he had so many struggles. And if in the Psalms you read, he says, but you, God, every time. 
but you're like this. You show up like this. You're always like this. We have to remember who God is as we navigate. Now I'm going to read a psalm to you, Psalm 63. And just this psalm is believed to be when he was running from his son Absalom. And he's running from him because his son wants to kill him and steal his throne. So Absalom has taken his throne. He's pursuing him to kill him. His family's a mess. He's out in the hot desert. He's thirsty. It's like the hottest place ever. And he's writing this psalm. And I want you to hear what he writes. Just, just take it in. Oh God, you are my God. With deepest longing, I will seek you. My soul, my very self, it thirsts for you. My flesh longs and sighs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have gazed upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift my hands in your name. My soul, my very self, is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praise to you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate and thoughtfully focus on you. In the night watches, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me, but those who seek my life to destroy it will go to the depths of the earth. They would be given to the power of the sword. They'll be prey to the foxes, but the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears in him will glory, for the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. How many times did David cry out to God for his troubles? But each time he said to God, I want you first. I'm going to seek you first. I want you more than having everything fixed. I want you more than having every, every need answered. David knew the only thing that could satisfy was God. He hungered for God. He longed for God. We have a choice daily where we're going to put the focus the need or God? Is your hope going to an outcome? Are you resting your hope on an outcome of a request? Because you may very well be disappointed. Yes, sometimes the outcome will be there and you'll celebrate, but what about when the outcome's different? It crumbles underneath you. Your hope must be in the giver of life, the one who sustains you the way he sees fit because he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. Only he can sustain you. Outcomes will not sustain you. I'm going to have Famke come up to sing a song that's based off of Psalm 63. And I encourage you to bring these needs that you have. I'm sure each one of you has come with something. And some of you have probably come with the piles. The piles. You can't see a way through. I want you to bring these needs.
leads to the God who sustains, the one who may not give you the answers you're looking for because he knows best, but the one who will give you everything you need it as you need it. He didn't give me my sermon when I wanted it. He gave it to me when I needed it. And he didn't give it me what I thought it would look like. He gave it to me different. And my journey there was different, but he led me. And it was way better because I wasn't like having to come up with something and manufacture something. And so I encourage you, as you journey with your needs, bring them as an offering to God. Cry out to God as David does, saying, Oh God, I have this need but you. You're my bread. Be like Mary. Sit at his feet. Take him in. Go. Not grabbing a quick verse and running out of the door. Go filled up. Be satisfied in Jesus. Take time with him. Take him in. Read his word. Let him minister to you. Sit quiet with him. This is where satisfaction is. Then all this stuff starts to fade away. It starts to not matter the same anymore. So Famka, we're going to have you sing. And I want you guys to just hunger. Let that hunger stir up in you for God. And bring him these needs. Let them be cleared out of the way. Let them be cleared out of the way.